Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. circumstances it's God's stances this morning Timothy Hollyfield was supposed to be sharing but he got sick so then Johnny said okay I'll share guess what he got sick so both of them are running fever well on Saturday I had a text message or maybe it was Friday it's kind of my days are blurred from dear sweet Ashley Bowden and she shared with me in this text message that last Sunday when Bill was here there was something burning in her heart that she felt like she was supposed to share and so She said, I want to do it this week. And so it just worked out that way that she could do it this week. And um, it is glorious. It is glorious. And so, Ashley, I just want to invite you up here. I'm just going to pray for her before we start. Father, thank you so much for Ashley. Thank you so much for her obedience. Thank you so much for her humility. I just ask that you would strengthen her right now. You would fill her with your spirit and with your authority. And that you would help her to bring glory to your name. We just bless her in the name of Jesus. Okay. Um, Actually, when she says that I got a hold of her on Friday and said that I wanted to share what I actually said was... (laughs) I. I think maybe I need to share, and I need you to to pray about this because um, I don't want to bear my soul for nothing, you know, if I'm not really hearing from the Lord. And um, so I was a big baby about it all week. I was a big baby about it on Sunday, and that's why I stayed quiet. And then um, I was a big baby about it at home for a couple of weeks or a couple of days. And then um, before I said something to Paul, and he said, "You need to talk to Johnny," and I was a baby about it for a couple more days before I <laughs> texted Deborah. So, um, but I have been asking God um, for, I need to think. I've been asking him to be alone on the throne of my heart. And um, I find that I still have a fear of man And I've been asking him, why? You know, where's my insecurity and my identity in you that I can't fear only you? And um, so this has been a good exercise, you know, um, bear your soul into a microphone. Um, You know, there's part of me that's afraid, um, you know, what I'm about to say that some normal people are going to look at me and say, you're nuts. And there's part of me that's afraid that there's people who are going to look at me and say, I've got real problems, like quit whining, you know, and um, that's ridiculous. So, um, so anyway, I, um, the Lord has really given me increasing peace um, throughout the week, and now I feel like I can um, not be such a wuss about it, but we'll see. Um, I thought I might just you know, shake the whole time, and I thought, okay, I mean, I can give the devil the middle finger with a shaking hand, you know, and, um, and I, I can praise Jesus with a shaking voice, and it doesn't matter, so, 
Um, I wrote it down. I needed to word some things carefully, so forgive me if I sound like a robot. But um, last Sunday, I had a word trying to beat its way out of my chest, and I couldn't gather my thoughts. Um, So for the next few days, I was at home, and when I rocked Timothy in the evenings, just in the quiet, dark, um, God was showing me little pieces of my story. And it was like watching little movie clips in black and white, you know, and each time he just said something to me that was meaningful, you know, and um, I knew that he was just preparing my heart to share it. Um, If you were here last week, um, Bill Buckley was here, and he spoke, and he asked us, when has brokenness um, made it hard for you to love others? And so I was sitting right here going, that's easy. Um, But did I answer him? No. I sat with everybody else, and we all, like, looked around at each other like, you got something? You got something? Me either, you know. Um, And then a couple people, um, a couple of people spoke up, but um, I knew what I needed to say. And um, for me, uh, brokenness made it hard to love people um, because I had abuse in my life, and I stopped trusting people. Um, And the first time I was traumatized uh, by an abusive man was when I was 10. Um, And my father is a wonderful man, so don't, like, give him the side eye when he comes in here. I'm not talking about him. Um, So I was 10, and I was just thinking a few minutes ago um, that I wrote this down and I worded it carefully to protect the children in here. You know, I was thinking there's children as young as 10 in here, which there's some even younger than that. But I thought I needed to protect... 10-year-olds from hearing what I needed to say, and this was my life at the age of 10. Um, I was traumatized by an abusive man for the first time when I was 10. I didn't think I was going to cry for some reason. Um, And then that wasn't the last time, though, you know. It was when I was 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and 14. He was mean. Uh, He was mean when he was drunk, and he was meaner when he needed a drink. And he objectified me, and he crushed my spirit, and he terrified me. I hardly slept for years, but I knew that reporting him was going to make it worse. It really was, and so I stayed quiet. Fourteen is when I was at my breaking point, and um, I did have faith at the time, so I started praying for a tragic accident. Um, I didn't want to take my own life, but I wanted out of there really badly. Um, But obviously the Lord did not. The Lord did not grant me my uh, request, which I'm thankful for. Um, So I was 14, and then I was 15, and then I was 16. And when I was 17, I was free. I was finally free, or I thought I was free, you know. Um, But in my mind and my spirit, I was not free. Um, I was always running. I felt like I was running, and I didn't know what I was running from, and I didn't know where I was running to. But I, sorry, I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't be still and have any peace. And in those years after, that was the first time that my faith was challenged, Um, forgiveness seemed cheap, you know. I thought, this man who stole my childhood from me can ask for forgiveness, and it's just freely given. And um, if I had to spend eternity with him in heaven, 
is that heaven? You know, that really sounded a lot like hell. So um, I just couldn't defend my faith, and I just threw it away. Uh, when I was 21, I started dating um, my good friend who I grew up with. And uh, he was a quiet and gentle kid and real easy to love. Uh, but something changed. And behind closed doors, um, he too started being controlling and violent. And um, torture actually became a game for him. Um, I was debating here whether to say that I'll never forget the way that he would laugh and jump up and down and clap his hands in like a giddy, maniacal way while he tortured me. I moved out of town to hide from this guy, uh, and I looked over my shoulder for a long time. And um, I'm not afraid of him anymore, and his life changed, thank God. And he still needs Jesus, but he's not a monster. And, um, but I still jump when Paul walks in the room when I didn't see him coming. I was really broken. That brokenness made it really hard to love. Um, how well do you think that I could love when I was in fight or flight all the time and when I questioned people's motives and when I wondered whether anyone was who they pretended to be? I didn't care whether there was a God anymore. I didn't care. First I thought, there's no God. Like, what? It, what is everyone believing? This is crazy, you know? And then I thought, we don't know. I thought, who knows? Who cares? I don't care if there's a God. But you know what? I hated God. I didn't know if he was real, and I still hated him. Um, but do you know how he responded to me? He sent me an army of women to love me. Today, there are five women who I call my spiritual mothers who have significantly poured into my life, and there are many, many others who stood beside me, too. All these women, I noticed that they didn't just believe in God, you know? Like, do you, did you ever have those conversations, or maybe you do now, where you say, oh, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, I believe in God. I, I pray. Um, but they didn't just believe in God, a God. They knew. Like, I could see that there was something in them, that they... They were unshakable. You know, they would stake their life on this God, and it was at the core of their being. And I thought, how do they know that, you know? Um, I thought, maybe there, maybe there is an answer, and how do you know? And, I mean, I knew enough scripture to know, like, seek and you'll find him. Knock and the door will be open to you. And so <laughs> it sounds funny to me now because I said, Jesus, I said, if you're real, I am going to find you. And that's like, <laughs> sounds like a threat. But <laughs> um, I just started praying with that kind of determination. And um, I didn't even know if he was real, but I was desperately seeking him. And I thought, I'm not giving up until I know. And I didn't know how I was going to know. I thought, if he's not there, what are you going to do? Scream at, you know, this imaginary heaven for the rest of your life. But I just knew that I would know, you know? And so I prayed with this crazy determination, and my hatred just turned to worship. So I was praying and worshiping with this insane, like, passion. God became more 
real to me than anything I ever thought was tangible. The power of the Holy Spirit knocked me off my feet. And that's where I got healed, was at the feet of Jesus with stronger women by my side. And the reason I'm sharing is the reason I'm sharing this is because broken men intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And Bill said, "What's your why?" I also knew my why, and I didn't say that either. Um, my why is to be a place of shelter for the broken. And the Lord spoke to my spirit and said that there's someone in our church family who is wounded who has abuse, and they're buying the lie that other people here aren't like them. And I can represent the people here who are a little bit more screwed up. But it doesn't matter. I have to tell you that none of that matters. There is no one in here who's not lost without grace. And if people in here are judging you, they are wrong. We all just need Jesus, and sometimes it's just healthy to know it. If you're hiding wounds because it's embarrassing or because it's not all black and white and you know you played a part or because your brokenness is now causing you to hurt other people, that's shame. Shame is a tool of the enemy. You need to let people walk with you, and it's okay to start where you are. That's really the only option we have. If we've already been on this journey, we're still where we are. I want to be up there, and I'm not. I'm here, you know? When we take our shattered hearts to God, he just pours himself into them, into those broken places, and it heals stronger than it was in the first place. And when I find another crack that I didn't notice before, which I do all the time, um, he fixes that too. And I struggle with pride. And it's really tempting to look at my healing as a chance to leave the past further and further behind so that My life is nice and neat, you know, but I'm only exalting myself, and I want to give God his rightful glory in this piece of my story. So he's my peace, and he's my joy, and he's always good, and if you need him, seek him. Tim's going to come up here in just a minute, and he's going to lead us from this time to the next time. But I had a picture while I was sitting over there of an iceberg. And when you're in the ocean on an ocean liner, you just see the tip of an iceberg. But that's not what's dangerous. It's what's underneath that's dangerous. And all of us have in our lives those places that are underneath us that we're keeping hidden. And I just want to encourage you just to invite the Lord to just minister to you. Open your eyes. Open your spirit. And listen to what Tim shares and be, be willing to be vulnerable. We're a community. We can't do this on an island. We need each other to walk this kind of deep pain out. But the wonderful thing is that God wants us to walk it out because he wants us to be whole. For those of you who don't know, that's my daughter-in-law. And... Uh, I've always been proud of her from the moment I found out she loved my son. <laughs> but I'm nearly bursting today.
I laughed out loud, LOL, uh, when she was worried about how all the normal people might look at her as she told her testimony. And uh, I would like all the normal people to stand up right now. <laughs> One bold soul. I'll bet you got that way from Jesus. See, most of us, most of us don't. Most of us have something that lies beneath. Most of us have a whole bunch of iceberg under the surface. We've been, we've been, we've been beat. We've been hit. Maybe physically, maybe not. Emotionally. We, we live in a fallen world filled with sinful humans. And we bump into each other, and sometimes intentional and sometimes unintentional, injury, pain comes. And if you live in denial of that, well, you know, I got to tell a story. <laughs> you run the risk of a man named Simon who was a Pharisee. And he invited this increasingly famous itinerant rabbi named Jesus to come to his house for dinner. He might have been looking for an opportunity to trap him. He might have been somewhat serious in his inquiry. He maybe was drawing attention to himself, doesn't say anything about his motivation. But it was apparently an open enough gathering that a woman who everybody knew was full of sin, brokenness. The Bible doesn't really get into the details, but this woman was a mess. And she came in and, and she saw Jesus and, and she broke open some scented oil, some perfume. And on her knees, she wept. And her tears fell on Jesus' feet, and she used her hair to dry them. She didn't have a towel. Such extreme act of humility. And Simon leans back, and he's thinking, <laughs> some prophet, if he knew anything about this woman, he would not let her touch him. Jesus said, Simon. Let me tell you a story. And he told about a man who had a huge debt. He was going to go to debtor's prison, which that's a life sentence because you go to jail until you can pay the debt. And you're in jail, so you can't pay the debt. And he pleaded with his master, and the master said, Okay, and the, and the number that Jesus said, it's like, it'd be like millions. Huge number. And then, 
That guy went out and found somebody that, that uh, owed him a few bucks. And he said, hey, you owe me a few bucks. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to throw you in debtor's prison. When the master found out about that, this master was pretty irate. He said, Simon, Simon, I, I come in here and, and, and you don't even do me the courtesy of, of, of treating me like a guest. You didn't, even, you didn't even have somebody wash my feet. That, that, that was normal. That was, that was standard operating procedure. You do that for your guests. It'd be, like, it'd be like inviting somebody to dinner and then not putting a plate in front of them. Didn't you bring your own plate? I mean, it would be that ridiculous. He said, but this woman, she, she, she hasn't stopped loving on me since she got here. And the, the conclusion of it is this. Well, he asked, you know, it, the one who is forgiven much loves much. And the more you think about yourself in terms of your evaluation, and I'm not as bad as fill in the blank, the less of God's grace and love you are capable of receiving. Because you think your cup is full, but it ain't. And what's in there isn't very pretty. And, and, and I heard someone here tell me this morning, of how destitute she felt. And so being filled with God's love, he's powerful and dramatic and life-changing. And, and it's not just take the money and run because that love is welling up and overflowing in a burning desire to give that love away. <laughs> a love like this, <laughs> what's the next line? I can't keep to myself. If you can keep God's love to yourself, you must not have enough of it. That's harsh, and I can't judge you. Only, only you and the Holy Spirit can deal with that. Uh, and I deal with it in my life. There's a lot about being a victim these days. There's a lot about perpetrators of objectifying mistreating, hurting those who are weaker. A lot of it gets focused on male-female, but it's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't end there. Whenever the powerful can exercise that power over the less powerful, the potential for abuse is there. And we're in such a broken and fallen world. And we're all such a mess that most of us have been abused in one way or another, and many of us have abused others. 
in our attempts to make ourselves feel better, to make ourselves feel more powerful. Sometimes it's just out of neglect. We don't realize the impact that we have on, on people around us. I, I ran afoul, I ran afoul of, of something the other day, a few weeks back actually, where, where I, I, missed, I missed a politically correct turn and an employee had a complaint about, about me sounding threatening. Now those of you who know me probably are going like, what? How could that be? And, and I mean, I had to think and think and think, and I finally had to get, get her to say what it was. And she totally misunderstood, and then she misremembered. <laughs> and the combination of things, she, she's somebody who's tender-hearted and felt vulnerable, and I'm in a position of great authority that I, that I, I generally, I don't take myself very seriously. So... Sometimes I forget that other people take me more seriously than I do. See, but you see, I, I, I tripped over something. I didn't mean to be abusive, but, but, but clearly, clearly I didn't hear God's voice in that moment. Else, if I was listening, it had been clearer to me. So, this morning... With, oh, how he loves us, still echoing in our souls. This morning, I want you to take a strong inward look. Ask God to help you find the cracks and to own up with him in your brokennesses and where the healing can come for you. I've been, in the, I've, I've, I've been on this planet long enough that I know that there are horrific stories right here in this room that, that, that we don't want to share with anybody. We even have trouble sharing it with God. And it's not until we recognize how his perfect love can cast out the fear of coming before him. That's the context of that verse. Perfect love casts out fear whenever our fear keeps us from approaching God. And his love is perfect. And it heals everything you've done, everything that's been done to you. There's a, there's a great... It's a great praise song. We don't, we don't use it anymore. It's, it's, it's at the cross. And it, and it says, where the wrongs I have done and the wrongs done to me are nailed to the cross. It, 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 okay, we, we, we do better actually with nailing to the cross the things we've done. But can we nail to the cross the things that have been done to us? As you look inside of yourself, remember that everybody in here is looking inside of himself or herself. And we are surrounded 
by pain that can only be healed by the love of God. And the love of God comes at us from the Word, comes to us in the Spirit, but oh my, it's tangible, it's palpable, it's powerful when God loves us through the people around us. When you are God, when you are a vessel of God, when God lives in you, when there's less of you and more of Him, and He begins to show you seeing people as He sees them. You keep that in mind against seeing yourself as He sees you with both the with both the truth of what you've been, but even more so the truth of, of what he's making you into. God is the master artist and we're a work in progress. And he sees the finished product. And he who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion in the day of the Lord. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, and if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening. And remember, the service begins now.